The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From the Philadelphia Eagles to the Kansas City Chiefs, a former University of Alabama standout, once known as the Mighty Mouse, number 29, Mark McMillan! And also we have Mr. B.N.E., the man in the middle, from the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Byron Evans. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters, put them up, tighten up, we some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans, we give you a reason to tune in every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving, if he's pushing Phoenix, we're bringing the cutting edge. Yeah, what's up, everybody? It's uh, hard hitting radio time. We got uh, Jay and Gay back in this Gay back in the studio because we have no uh, Byron Evans and Mark McMillan. They're all they're always somewhere. But, I mean, that's what well, it seems like. You know, I mean. we know where Byron's at. He's taking care of business at ASU Prep School, which you know, I'm glad he is. Is is on that ASU tip, you know, because we do know where he went to school and stuff. So, um, and then Mark is, I, you know what? I actually, Mark's on a plane. <laughs> That's where collecting those frequent flyer miles. Yeah, and it, the dude's got more frequent flyer miles than uh, than anything. He's actually going to. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch him at the end of the show because he did want to call in and talk about a few things. So, um, not quite sure. Uh, in case you haven't heard us before, I'm Jay. Uh, I have my own show, Out of Bounds with Jay and Chelsea, um, and we put up a weekly podcast. And uh, Gabe over here is one of my boys that uh, he works in sports, and he is also one of the lead bartenders at the hottest club in not just Scottsdale, pretty much Arizona. I'd say pretty much Arizona, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 definitely the the spot the spot to go to. You know, and we it's so funny we say it every week. That there is something going on every week at this club. So, yeah, you know, we make sure of it. This week we got uh, Dirty Loud uh tonight, tonight and then Cosmic Cosmic Gate tomorrow night. Correct. And all the Cinco de Mayo festivities and all those kind of things and I'm really interested to see what the girls are going to be wearing tomorrow night. <laughs> that's that's always one of the the peak interest of uh Everybody's like, ah, I wonder what the cocktail girls are going to be wearing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something to look forward to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to lie. Not even going to lie. <laughs> like I said, I have the hottest girls that work in town. They're, your girls are right there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade our girls for anything. You know, uh, we we did we did a thing at Firehouse last night. Uh, Justin Gearian had us come in and do this uh, porn and chicken party. Right. Real interesting. Um, traveling party <laughs> from Chicago, but I don't go into Firehouse very often, you know, because I don't. I, you know me, I'm not in for a bunch of chaos, and st- that seems to what go a different kind of chaos than Wild Night chaos. Right. And so I don't go in there very often. So I haven't really checked out their girls before. Well, I checked them out last night, and this is what I have to say. I'm gonna say that the Wild Night in the event five girls. 
And then probably right after that, I'm going to have to give it to Firehouse. Really? No offense really? to Mint. I, I, I haven't been in there in, uh, in a bit myself, so I, I but they, no, it's, uh, they definitely They definitely have a varsity crew, for sure. <laughs> Just, Justin Gary and Troy and those guys they did a good job but it's it's you know but it's still our girls it's still it's still event vibe and wild night oh yeah I guess y'all just gotta come see it absolutely so um well let's uh let's start off the show right now with what everybody's been talking about the last couple of days um Junior Seau um passed away in the last couple of days um committed suicide um and it's the big topic of conversation, not just in football, but yeah. in all of sports. Absolutely. You know, um, we talked about it on the show yesterday. In fact, our show, probably the, the first hour of the show was just about, you know, the suicides that have happened, concussions, you know, the Saints suspensions, what Roger Goodell's doing. And, it, you know, it all really does tie in together. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, man, this dude... This dude was larger than life. I oh, mean, yeah. He, he, he was football in, in the mid-90s. Well, you're a Southern California dude, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not just a Southern California dude. I mean, I, I went to SC. I, I know the right. legacy of, of, of Junior Seau. I mean, he was, um, he was a, a special player, a special person. Um, I mean, it's Junior Seau. When you go to SC, it's, it's the number 55. That's him. Ab- ab- absolutely. You know, it's it, it, when we're when we're growing up, we're watching these guys play, and he was the epitome of what you wanted to be as a football player. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, you know, he was ferocious on the field um, and off the field. Everybody had. Had only the nicest things to to fit him. He had so many philanthropic interests, uh, you know, in his community. Um, I know recently when when there was those terrible fires in San Diego, I know all the victims um, to kind of help them out. He he had them over at at his restaurant, just providing the right. meals. Um, I mean, he was so involved in so many different things. I mean, he's exactly what the NFL would want. Out of its players, you know, one hundred percent tenacious killers on the field and then off the field, um, just the most gentle of, of human beings. Well, you know, I mean, this this really hit that San Diego community hard because I mean, that's that's where he was he was he was born, he was raised. He's a he's a San Diego dude, absolutely. And absolutely. you know that is. Uh, Chelsea and I were talking about it yesterday. You got Dan Fouts, you have Lance Allworth. Um, you definitely have Ladanian Tomlinson, um, but I, I think when it comes to San Diego Charger football and maybe sports in general, it doesn't. I I can't see it getting any bigger than Junior Seau. I mean, you, you want to talk San Diego? Uh, I don't know if celebrity is the right word, but but the two biggest San Diego icons are Junior Seau one A, Tony Gwynn one B. You know, we we did we did bring up Tony Gwynn. We did bring up Tony Gwynn too. And I, and I guess somewhere you know we got to throw in Ron Burgundy, but you know right. maybe maybe a little bit later on down the line. But that I mean I've never this story happened so fast. I don't know if I don't know uh, if you got to see any of it unfold on television or anything. But I had got up and you know started looking at my text and I turned on the TV and it was it was very odd because the NFL Network and ESPN reported nothing on it. For yeah. a good two hours. 
Yeah, I, I, I first caught it uh, via Twitter. One of uh, one of the old players from FC tweeted out and said, you know, hopefully these these rumors I'm hearing about today aren't true. And I was like, what? Um, and then probably about ten fifteen minutes later, um, you know, the the rip RIP tweets started coming through. I was like, no way! I, I turned on the TV and and you still couldn't really find anything for a little while. And then ESPN kicked into their coverage. You know, I think what they were doing is I were there was just so many things floating around that yeah. I, I didn't mind that because they were really touching all bases and making sure that everything was coming through because it just seemed like for a while, you know, nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, unbelievably, TMZ is the one who breaks the story. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, in the era that we live in, um, they're the ones that, that can run with um, well, yeah, they definitely you know, without, can without confirmation. I mean, not not to say that um, you know, thanks to, to Twitter and, and, and social media and everything that um, obviously we've lost a little bit of the responsibility in in our journalism. But even then, the big networks always have to be careful with what they throw out there. TMZ can kind of can run off rumor, you know, and, and whisper and be okay and, and be right. okay with it. That's what they do, right? That's um, the universe. It, just watching how people flooded to his house, flooded to the restaurant, oh, yeah. and this was all within a matter of like literally minutes, right? You know, and then you know his mom. You know, I'm sure you oh, saw gosh. that. That was yeah. I, that was one of the most painful things I've ever seen on television. I I one I 100 percent agree with that. I can't believe she even spoke. I, I really that that was my exact thought. Because at first I didn't realize. I didn't say her name or, or anything, but, you know, I, I saw an older woman speaking, and I said, this, this can really only be one person. This can only be his mother. Um, and she she began um, composed, and, and then just quickly, you, you just yeah. hear, I mean, I'm shocked that they even um, let her speak. I mean, you have to know that, you know, a mother, a mother in that situation, <laughs> If a mother doesn't speak for for a year, it's it's completely expected and understandable. I mean, this is this is the the worst fear for for any parent and especially a mother. Well, you know, and and I don't know the situation on how it came about because they cut to it so quickly. If this would been planned or somebody just stuck a microphone in her, I don't I don't know yeah, how. I don't know who who set it up, who who organized that. Um, I didn't think it was a great idea, and, and no, not at no, all. I'm sure that the TVs may have thought um, it made for some riveting television, just because when you see that much raw emotion, well, um, you'll, nobody it, will ever forget that. Yeah, it, it, it causes a reaction, um, but but really, in, in the bigger sense of things, I I wish they would have given her her space and her time, just because that's um, God, you can't even wrap your mind around just what. Um, the significance of that to a mother is. Well, no, I mean, especially since, I mean, she, she said when she was speaking, she had just spoke to him that morning. Yeah. You know, and everything was fine, and he they were laughing, and, you know, and then I didn't, you did notice when she got done speaking, the sister came on and said, I wish, you know, you people would please respect our, our, our privacy and our wishes right now. And, Absolutely. you know, um, but yeah, I think once that got set in motion, they're just, they're, I don't think anybody knew kind of what to do, and nobody was going to cut away from it. Right, you know, I mean, you're, obviously you're never prepared for that situation. It's not no, no script anywhere. Well, I'm sh- I'm sure even the even the media community in San Diego was in. I mean, I was streaming um, San Diego's Channel Eight, uh-huh. and 
just you could just tell that the shock and emotion and like I I think that was one of those situations where just nobody knew how to react. Nobody knew you know it went out of their norm to actually have something like this happen. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, and if if you. I mean, I just I can't think of anything bigger happening, you know, in a celebrity entertainment thing. That's exactly in, in, what I'm know? thinking about right now. I'm trying to think about the other markets, um, and and who who could be bigger to a community um, as far as the loss goes. Um, I, I can't think of anybody who who embraced is embraced by an entire community the way Junior was. Right, right. You know, I. I, I've tried to think about the same thing a little bit. Jason Taylor's name comes up with Miami, um, but even then, not not really. I mean, it's it's, it's you know you're right. It's it's really hard to find somebody that was that hammered into the community. Yeah, you know, because it's very rare that you get to play in the city where you were born, raised, play your high school football. You played your college football two hours north. Right. You know, I mean, that's a very, very rare situation. In fact, one of the only situations that I can even think of that is similar is actually going on right now in the NFL, and that's Shady McCoy. He played his high school football in Pennsylvania. Right. He played at Pitt, and now he's with the Eagles, and I'm sure he's going to be with the Eagles for quite a while. Right, he, but, and, and then again, but, I mean, to this magnitude. Right, I mean, right. You know, and to have, and again, not, not just have... Um, you know, local boy makes good, you know, with the high school, the college, the pro ball, and then just, again, his, his efforts with the community over the last 15, 20 years. I mean, he is San Diego. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so it's, the band to this is, is astounding. I, th- I think they said that uh, his foundation, he has uh, one of the things that he does for kids that donated like $4 million. And, and, and help and share, and it's just, you're right, you really can't, you really can't think about anybody. I know that there's people that are going to be like, you know, that, you know, oh, such and such, or oh, such and such, and, you know, I don't know. Dude was, dude was larger than life, yeah. you know? I mean, on, on the side that right now seems insignificant, you look at him from the football side, 12-time pro bowler, 10-time all pro. And here's the crazy thing. When he went to the Pro Bowl, he went to the Pro Bowl 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, yeah. 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah. Who does that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one player. The greats. Yeah. Just the absolute greatest players of all time. Ten years in a row in All-Pro, um, 92 defensive, uh, won three different Defensive Player of the Year awards, um, AFC Player of the Year in 94. Um, he, All-90s Decade Team, Chargers Hall of Fame, Chargers 50th Anniversary Team. Um, he's uh, pretty certain to be a first ballot Hall of Fame, wouldn't you say? It's guaranteed. But, guaranteed. And, and it was guaranteed before Wednesday. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. I don't. I don't know that that Wednesday's events have have any significance in in raising um, his star. No, but, I agree. Uh, you know, it just you just look at the resume, the resume of of work and who he was. 
it's it's a no-brainer first ballot. With that, I mean, even the st- even even you have the accolades and even the stats: over eighteen hundred tackles, fifty-six sacks, you know, eighteen interceptions. I mean, it, people feared this the, dude. You, you kind of look at uh, certain certain numbers. Certain guys have have made a number special. You know, Elway seven. You know, uh, you know, Emmett Smith twenty-two. Yeah, you I know, think Montana, Montana 16. sixteen. Junior Seau fifty-five. You yeah, know, that, that fifty-five is Seau's number. Not just at SC, not just with the Chargers, but but in all of football. I how uh, how quick do you think San Diego retires that number? Uh, Game one. Yesterday. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Can't do it quick enough. Probably. You know, I mean, it's just. Ah, it's just one of those things, and here's the crazy thing: that from that '94 Super Bowl team, yeah. and I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've seen this, the article on it. Junior is the eighth player that yeah. was on that Super Bowl team that has passed away at a very young age. There was a couple heart attacks. There was a drug overdose. Yeah. Um, uh, there was actually a plane crash, a car accident, and the youngest guy out of those to pass, or the oldest guy to pass out away out of all those guys, was only 44 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. you know the two guys that had heart attacks. They're you know offensive and defensive linemen, and they had you know gotten up to where they were over four hundred, you know some pounds, and you know maybe that leads to the heart attacks and stuff. But the other ones just you know, you're 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 looking at you know the, a plane crash, you know, so a little bit of a curse on that '94 team. That's that's crazy. So, but how uh, have you talked to any of your boys from SC and, and heard what they had to say? Just uh, just a couple of excuse me, a couple of former players. Um, just the entire community is is um, just in shock, uh, you know. And Junior had had been around uh, around the program and, and uh, around the campus uh, regularly uh, after he retired. He was, he was there frequently. Right. Uh, he had just been there actually uh, about two weeks ago. He was at the spring game. Yes, I remember. Um, I saw that. Had uh, had spoken uh, on campus and and everything and you know everybody said he he looked great sounded great was upbeat you know sending a, a positive message um, so everyone is shocked by this um, but I mean when, obviously when when somebody's driven to uh, to take actions like this on Wednesday there's there's a lot going on and and there's yeah. a lot of um, instability probably um, emotionally going on that you know. You know, it, it, sudden things will happen. You know, and that's that's uh, we're going to take a break now. But uh, when we come back from break, that's kind of what we're going to get into. You know, some of you know the things that happen to some of these players. You know, what goes on in their mind and stuff. So we'll be back with hard hitting radio uh, after this break. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to mark at markmcmillansports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. What's up, everybody? Uh, we've been sitting here talking about Junior Seau and uh, what's been going on with that. And uh, when uh, we left break, we were trying to, we were kind of getting into, you know, people who get into that place and that part of their life where they think this is, you know, it's the only decision that they can make, and that's one of the big subjects and things going on with the NFL right now. Um, you have the con- you know the concussions that come on, and we d- we don't know if this has anything to do with it, but there have been some player suicides re- recently that you know are results of you know probably the battery that they take on their heads. You know, well, and, and who was the the linebacker for the Patriots who came out last year um, and spoke very publicly about? Um, just the depression that he was going through, the the emotional instability. Oh, God, who um, was all it? From, from the multiple multiple concussions that uh, that he took on in in his playing career. Ah, uh, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about, and I can't remember who it is. But uh, I mean, he's he's been adamant in in speaking out about it, and and there's been several players who have come out over the years, uh, or over the last last two three years about it. I know Jim McMahon. Yeah. Um, did a did a quick piece with with ESPN about it um, about two months ago about you know his um, battles with with his memory with um, you know small bouts of, of depression um, all stemming from from the concussions and, and the head trauma. Well, you know, it, it seems like the 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 um, common the common factor that comes with this is the depression. Yeah, and you have guys like. Uh, you know, obviously, Dave Dewerson is at the forefront of this. 
You know, he, he committed suicide a couple years ago, shot himself in the chest, same as Junior. But yeah. he let his family know why he did that as far as, right. you know, he wanted his brain to be studied uh, to see if it had CTE, which right. is, and I have a, I, I jumble over this every time I say it, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah. And, um, you know, his brain did have it. And then you look at a guy like one, one of Mark McMillan's and Byron's teammates, you know, Andre Waters. You know, he committed suicide. Um, and, and you have the guy who was at, actually at the forefront of this lawsuit that's going up against the NFL right now for concussions, Ray Easterling, the defensive back from the Atlanta Falcons, okay. uh, 60 years old. He's the, he was one of the ones that, the, that got this lawsuit going. He committed suicide a couple weeks ago. I did not hear about that. Yes, it, 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 it went very, very under the radar. You know, and um, this guy, you got to wonder where he was at because he was the leader of getting this lawsuit going and he had to see, you know, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel to where he can help other people. But yet it was just too dark and too much and, you know, the depression and he, you know, he, he committed suicide, That's you know, and I think that. I'm really starting, you know, with the Junior Seau and everything. I'm really, I, I, I get, we've got on Roger Goodell a lot, especially Chelsea and I about he's changed the game, he's this, he's that. There's some of these hits that you, yeah, right, there's some hits you can't help because just the, I don't think people understand the speed of the game. And these hits are really bang, bang. And right. I, my problems always with it has been the officials, and you know some of the some of the calls that shouldn't be calls are getting called because they think that's what they have to do. Right. But as far as the player safety wise, you you, you understand what Rogers what Rogers doing. And, and, and you have to. And then um, the you know one of the most fearful things about this whole thing um, is that you're seeing it in uh, the, the results from it from a lot of players who played in the in the late '80s and the early '90s. Um, the game only continued to be more aggressive and and faster, bigger, stronger, faster. Mid nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, so the thing that you have to be most fearful about is that we're going to continue to see this. Well, you know, continue to happen. I've I've thought about that, and Chelsea and I have talked about this. Is I don't see how we're not. I mean, the 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 popularity of the NFL gained through those times. Late eighties, nineties, until now, and it's going to really affect a lot of people because players that you and I grew up watching and everything—it's—it's it's not getting any better. No, you know, and you—I take this all the way back to one of the first players I remember that people forget about because he didn't—he didn't—he didn't actually commit suicide, but you take the Pittsburgh Steeler great center Mike Webster. Yeah, he passed away in two thousand and two, and. You know, if you if you read his story, he was battling. You know, he had amnesia. He had you know dementia. He had depression. You know, he had chronic bone and joint problems, and you know he ended up homeless for a while. And you know, all of this stemming from the physical type of play that you get as an offensive lineman. And you know, I to me that's where everything started. And I think that Gabe, I just don't see how it's not going to get bigger. It, it, I mean, it's, it's like the NFL needs to rally all former players and, and require some sort of 
um, yeah, checkup, yes, and, and, and follow-up counseling. I mean, they have to be thorough about this thing. It's, it's not just a matter of, of taking care of the guys from, from 2012 on. Um, you, you've got a large pool of players who, who were greatly affected in, in the late 80s, Thousands and early two thousands that that you need to go back and and check up on unless you want to continue having this story come up over and over again. Yeah, one hundred percent agree with that. And I, uh, Roger seems very thorough on things. I I can't see what, that this probably possibly hasn't crossed his mind yet. I, I I can't see that it wasn't part of the CBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I remember hearing you know that. You know the that part of the debate of the CBA of you know would that be included and and there's obviously an obligation to it um, and and what you hear so many times is um, with with stories like this is they'll come on and say well you know the guy really didn't didn't know what to do about it didn't didn't know how to seek help um, and that's a problem that's a problem I mean when you when you mix in that much pride because all these guys are prideful. Oh yeah, you know, it takes a lot of pride to play this game and 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 to be at the stature that they're at. Um, they're not going to be people that are going to go out and and seek help. I mean, heck, they come from a culture um, where they're hiding from the trainer because they don't want to report an injury because they don't want to miss playing time. Right. You know, they grow up with this suck it up mentality, um, and and this isn't something that you can just suck up. You know, you can't just bite down on a stick and and push through it. I mean, we're we're talking. Um, mental and emotional distress here. Well, and, you know, and it's it, Chelsea and I talked about this. It's not just with football. I mean, they're really starting to see it in hockey now. Right. Um, but the one thing that I brought up yesterday is, you know, what sport that I'm not? I'm one of the few that I'm not into this sport at all. The MMA stuff, I just I don't care about it. It doesn't. I grew up on boxing, first of all. So the MMA just it there's no attraction to it to me which is kind of weird you know how I'm about Sun Devils and there's a lot of Sun Devils former Sun Devils that are in that you know Ryan Bader's oh, yeah. one of them I just I have no interest in it but Chelsea and I were talking and I brought up that this is a sport that Dana White really needs to look at what's going on these guys right. are going bare fists on heads with no, no padding, no nothing. Knees to the head, elbows, everything. So, and so many times, the fight is won because the other guy is unconscious. Yeah, I mean, when when that's the determining factor, when you're going to let it get to that level, that's concussion. Yeah, it one hundred percent. And you know, I, it, it's a sport I can't endorse. I can't now really looking at things. And I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm getting older or growing up or I don't know what it is, but I, I, now I'm looking at that and I'm watching it. That is a sport that, remember that period of time that we went through with all the suicides and the deaths from all the WWE wrestlers? Oh, you know, course. The, of course. I think that something similar is going to happen, unfortunately, with these MMA guys because you well, can't. It, it, the thing with, with WWF, WWE wrestlers, um, I mean, you had the substances that were involved. Right, exactly, them, exactly. Which, you know, plays such a large factor. But, I mean, definitely, I mean, when you're getting slammed, yes, yes, it's fake in the sense that it's scripted. But it's um, still physically happening. Still thrown around, landing on your head, and, and um, I mean, those, those are still tremendous spills that those guys are taking without padding. Look at, look at Chris Benoit. Look what happened to him. Yeah. You know, he had, you know, and, uh, he had a lot of steroid use, but he's also jumping off the top rope. 
still hitting people with his head. Right. You know, right. and how many guys getting slammed on the head with chairs? It's fake, but it's still kind of real. Yeah. They're right. getting hit, and you know. It, we need to get rid of the word fake and, and put in scripted. Yes, that that you is know, actually that is actually is, better. It's very real. I mean, and I look at these MMA guys as it's it's not scripted, but they're in there doing that same kind of physical stuff. And you know, I'm just going to put this out there. Don't rampage, Jackson. Don't come after me. But these dudes are crazy. Oh, the yeah. MMA dudes, Chuck Liddell, not a normal dude. Absolutely. Tito, not a normal dude. You know, these guys, you know, Brock Lesnar, you know, not a normal, you know, these guys could snap in different ways. You know, I mean, it could be, it could be on other people. You know, I, I just can't see these guys not going through the same things that NFL players went through and wrestlers went through and that hockey players are going to go through. Um, you know those those are those are the four professions that I see. We're going to see more and more of this. I I agree. You know I agree. It's, and uh, every I think every league um, has a responsibility to to kind of watch themselves and say, hey, are are we legitimately? Um, is this a legitimate concern in, in our sport? And if it is, we need to do something about it quickly. For our current players, for our future players, and for our past players that may have already gone through this. Well, I mean, and you got to think: is 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 a guy like Dana White, who runs all the you know the MMA stuff, is he even sitting back thinking about that at all? No, nah, man, that dude's just thinking. All he's thinking is money. He knows that people. It's kind of a blood sport. That's what they want to see. Right. You know. Now the NFL. You 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 talk about you know you had mentioned you know players in the past. How many players that that passed away early in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s that just went unnoticed? Not not necessarily unnoticed, but didn't get brought into the forefront because you know people just thought it was natural or you know what? Not even thinking about these concussions and things like that. Right. I mean, there's there's probably hundreds of players that have been lost because of this that we don't even know that that's the reason but there's probably a lot of families that are sitting back going wow maybe maybe this is why well and then you you know the the phrase you always hear with with former players is he's having a hard time with life after football yeah we never get into the specifics of of what those difficulties are um is it they missed the camaraderie being around the guys. They missed the competition. Missed the celebrity. Um, the life actually become much more difficult for them on on a you know basic level of um, you know just just how they live on a day to day basis. Well, you know, and that's uh, there's you're right. There's so many of those questions. You know, how do they how do they deal with not being in the limelight anymore? You know, do they take care of them? They don't. Most of them don't take care of themselves physically like they did while they were playing football you know i mean and chelsea and i talked about this you have a you know big offensive lineman that's you know 320 pounds he eats a certain way and he's eating you know if he's in the league for 10 years and been in college you eat a certain way then you stop playing well guess what you don't stop the way you eat right i mean those are habits here that's that's habit and then you know and we talk about the players, 75% of them end up filing for bankruptcy after they're done playing, which means most of these guys don't have any kind of insurance to even take care of the things that they have. 
Right, right. You know, and that's one thing that I, I, I think the NFL should be responsible for is taking care of the players insurance-wise. I mean, they make enough money that it's there. I mean, they could cut salary. I mean, I'm not trying to take money out of anybody's pocket by any means, but if you understand the severity of, of what's going on here, the league can afford to have a 10% cutback and have everybody continue to make more than enough money and have that 10% going back to to the former players. And, and I don't think there'd be one player that would have a problem with that. You're correct. I you might have one or two knuckleheads, but but well, yeah. The there's always a there's, there's always a knucklehead in the group. It's, <laughs> it's very clear that that um, it's not just a good idea; it's it's a necessary thing that that needs to take place. It, I, I mean, yeah, they're I, responsible. I definitely, I definitely, one hundred percent think that, and it's it's something sooner. And it and it's I know we're talking about this right after the junior sale thing, but it's not because of the junior sale thing we're talking about this. This is something that. Me and you and Chelsea had talked about doing a specific show on this and, and, and talking about it. So, um, I just, I don't, I don't think it's going to go away, you know? And, and it shouldn't go away until, until something's done. And like I said, it won't go away because we're going to, unfortunately, we're going to continue to see this, uh, happen until serious action is taken place to, um, to diminish it or, or have it go away completely. Well, you know, one of the things that I think about is that the talent level of football in the future, is it is is it going to be cut back because there's parents that are not going to let their kids play football anymore? You know, hey, how about this? Go pick up a baseball bat, pick up a basketball. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and it's absolutely understandable um, if a parent takes that stand. I mean, right now, right now, if if I had a kid that was getting ready to play sports and stuff, I you know me, football's my thing, game. That's been all my life. Oh, it's, it's America's thing. Yeah, it's I mean, what we look for on Saturdays and Sundays. I would really, Dad, I want to play football. What do you say now? What do you say now, parent? Before you wouldn't even think twice about it. Now parents are going to think. Yeah, no. My, I, when I told my parents I wanted to play football when I was seven years old. Yeah, nope. They thought it was great, and I went out there and and played. But it put the situations that that are going on right now in front of my parents, and it's a different answer. Probably hold back. Well, you know, if if the big guys are getting concussions, and the college guys are getting concussions, right. and the high school guys are getting concussions, who's saying that the junior high and pee wee kids aren't getting concussions, even yeah. on ac- on accidental hits? You oh, know, I, you know. Well, in the NFL, you've got guys who, who know how to tackle properly, you know, with with the shoulder, with yeah. the chest. Um, you know, in, in high school and the lower levels, you got you, everybody's leaning with their head. Everybody's spear tackling. That, that, yeah, that's, that's what we did. Their, their helmets. That's what we did. So, well, we're going to take our last break here, and we're going to come back and finish things up with Hard Hitting Radio. You are listening to Jay and Gabe filling in on VoiceAmerica.com. flagship station for sports voice america sports what if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place 
it can be done. And Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to Mark at MarkMcMillanSports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. Yeah, we're back from break, and uh, Gabe and I were just talking about uh, you know some of some of the players who have retired from the NFL because of concussions, and how they seem to be everything everything seems right now. Okay, uh, talking about Steve Young, um, you know he he retired after the hit from Aeneas Williams, um, and then you had Troy Aikman who retired after the hit from I can't even remember who it was. I think it was either the Giants or the Eagles. You know, and you got you got those guys. You know, they're on air. They're they're analysts. They're they're they don't seem like they have any after effects. Uh, And and we we obviously this is just speculation. You know, we don't know what goes on in their lives. And but they haven't spoke up yet to say, hey, I I see these things too. I have these things too. But they specifically retired from the NFL early because of concussions. Right. You know, and you know. You're, you're, you were right. What you were saying that you know they probably got the proper care and were given mm-hmm. the right advice. Well, I mean, it, they, yeah, either they understood the situation, the the severity of of you know the dangers of, of concussions, and probably had doctors who who turned them, who told them in a very direct way um, what the long term potential effect of this was, and, and kind of the light went off. Um, and being quarterback, they're probably uh, checked up on a little more. Uh, well, let's be honest. Quarterbacks are probably a little bit smarter than linebackers, maybe. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, not, no, not, you know, not meaning, meaning it mean or anything, but those guys, they're very cerebral. Yeah, they I, think things exactly through, you know. Say, you know, while, while, you know, say, you know, Junior Seau, a linebacker, um, is paid to just be 
a warrior. Guys look to him to battle through thick and thin, through anything, through any physical ailment. Um, so he grows up with, with the suck-it-up mentality, like we were saying. Uh, and that, that carry, I mean, those, again, everything that we do repeatedly becomes a habit for us. And so he lives with that mentality for 20, 24 years, if you want to take his USC career yeah. into this, too. Um, once his career's over, that, that suck-it-up mentality that I can push through anything no matter what um, is set in. And so a lot of these guys don't think they need help. They think they can push, push forward on, on their own. You know, and, and right. once it comes to the matters of of, uh, of the brain and and uh, you know emotional traumas, that's not something you can push through. That that's something that's completely out of your hands. Well, you look bite down on a stick. Look at something close to home here. Uh, last year before the season, um, Stephen Three he retired from playing. Well, he was in college. You know, he was a Sun Devil quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he stopped playing football because of his concussion syndromes. Right. I mean, and this was a guy going into his senior year of college and, you know, was a pro prospect, and he knew that he was smart enough to know then to step aside. Yeah. You know, I mean... It's good for him. You know, it definitely, you know. And then, it, you know, that opened the, the path for Brock Osweiler to now be a Denver Bronco. <laughs> but, you, but you look at it, and he, him and his family made that decision that it's time. You know, even though that he had a possibility of going to the pros. So, you know, you look at guys like uh, Deshaun Jackson, for example. Right. It's well documented, the concussions that he's had. Yeah, best, right there with him. Yeah. You know, he just got cleared to start, you know, for physical activity. You look at guys like that, especially a guy like Deshaun, who is, dude, small. For the for the NFL, real thin, yeah. You know, one more time. You know, one more time is all it could take, and that could be his last. You know, last concussion. You know, Javid Best the same way. Yeah, you know? when I think of Javid Best, um, the first image that I get going head is over that heels. Last touchdown he had at Cal yep. when he lands on the back of his head, and that left arm just sticks out, just kind of locks up on him because yep. he, he was concussed. I mean, abs- absolutely. It, it, that's a disturbing image. Yeah, that's the, that is, whenever you say his name, that's the first thing I, I'm pretty sure anything, you know, it, it pops up for anybody that thinks that, you know. I mean, and then, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, a guy like Terrell Owens, who we already know is unstable to begin with. Right. And, I mean, you had him, you know, with your 49ers for, the, for yeah. a long time, you know. <laughs> and now you kind of sit back and, you know, he's had those two incidents, you know, where he's had to go to the hospital, one of them being taking 36 Vicodins, you know, you, you want to look at a guy like T.O. and he's like, nah, I was just in pain. I was just, you know, is it an accidental thing or I accidentally took too many sleeping pills? You want to, I'm a T.O. fan and I want to believe him. But now that you kind of look back on things. Oh, gosh. I mean, are we in a situation that this guy's cried for help twice now? Golly, I mean, again, exactly what you're saying. You know, we, so we're discussing the, the head trauma of of the game, and then you want to go even farther back, and, and you want to describe his childhood, and, and it was probably, yeah. he probably saw and experienced a lot of things that that he shouldn't have. Um, you're, you're talking baggage plus physical trauma. Um, that's that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that, I mean, that's somebody who's who's crying for help, who, who is in dire need of it. I, I've thought this to myself several times. 
that, and it's hard to say on air, but I've thought this several times that we know how the T.O. story is going to end when, when all of the football is gone. Right. And it's, I don't know, just maybe me being a psych major and paying attention to things more. I mean, you and I have both played sports. We've been in pain. I don't think we've ever accidentally taken 36 Vicodin. No. I, I don't. In fact, I don't, I've never taken a Vicodin to this point, but I do have a, a root canal scheduled very soon, so that may change. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you don't. Are you still in pain right now? What's that? Are you still in pain right now? Oh, no, no, no. It, okay. It's not until next week. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, when it comes to any sort of medication, um, I think we're all pretty careful on yeah. on exactly what our dosage is. You know, you, we don't just fill up our palm, you know, with, with meds and, and try and pass them down. And, and there's a reason everybody drinks water. Those things aren't easy to swallow. You don't accidentally swallow 36. Well, yeah, and, That's you know, though maybe I, I actually thought about it. Well, maybe he was in pain for an hour and his pain tolerance is up, so he'd take six at a time. And then he still felt pain after an hour, so he took so for six straight hours he took six. I'm trying to justify it in my head for T.O. Right. But realistically, when at, we put at it some together, point, the light goes off and goes. You know what? Dude? This is a lot. Yeah. This yeah. Is good. I mean, and that would just tear up your stomach too. Oof. Oh yeah. I, you know what? I'm not. I'm not a fan of the Vicodins, the Percocets, the anything because they just they really don't work on me. You know, I, they just don't. So I just, I don't take them. But, you know, you do look at a guy like T.O. And, and now there's probably a lot of people around him that are now going, uh, hey, what's, you know, maybe not saying it to him because right now everything seems to be fine. He's playing arena football. Um, but I bet his friends and family are thinking in the back of their mind, whoa, are these warning signs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so you know, like like we, like we talked about, I don't I don't think it's going to get it's going to get worse before it gets better. We're going to see childhood heroes that we grew up with. These things are going to happen more and more. Yeah. You know, now and 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 I'm not talking about necessarily the suicides, but the people with the concussion syndromes. Now, though, maybe they can get help. Yeah, you know, and and it doesn't have to go the route of you know a Dave Dewison, an Andre Waters, a Ray Easterly, you know, and apparently Junior didn't didn't leave a note behind, so I, we will probably never ever know why. But then again, shot himself in the chest. Yes, yes, um, and that's that's where you can get the speculation, becoming, which is kind of becoming a I don't want to say a calling card. Um, reoccurring thing, but it, it seems very deliberate why that was done. Yeah, you know, and there's probably somebody out there. You know, Marcellus Wiley was was Salem when when they interviewed him that they did know. You know, he knew uh, a couple of us knew Junior was going through something, but we right. didn't know that it was th- to this level. Right. You know, I mean, his girlfriend may know, but I guarantee you, nobody that is near him and close to him is going to let that out. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll it'll be out about in the family, but I don't think we're ever going to know, and it's 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 not for us to know. Correct. You know, I mean, he's uh, the family did say that they are going to donate the brain for study. I saw that. So who in, uh, was it? Boston University or UCLA? Did you see which one? 
I know that they were both asking for it. I don't know. They might they might each get parts of it. So I think yeah. I think that that's great that the family did that and 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 right away. Yeah. So you know, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the serious of what, what's going on now, people. We did we did also have a little bit of an NFL draft last week, and we we really don't need to touch on that very much because we don't have time. Uh, we will just say that the Broncos, however, became the Denver Sun Devils because Seriously. we got Brock Osweiler in the last part of the second round. Great. How, how thrilled are you if you're Brock? You get to learn from Peyton Manning and John Elway, and those oh, yeah. quarterbacks have their own little fraternity anyway, so they're going to kind of become like the three musketeers. It's, it's, it's the greatest place to to learn the I, greatest situ- uh, situation to be in. To, yeah, he to could learn. not he be. Was, he was a little raw anyway, so so the big danger there was was rushing him into action too soon. Yeah, yeah. Now he now he doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Then our boy Omar Bolden, cornerback, goes in the fourth round. Came back from a knee injury. Um, dude's all about positive living. Love to see him, and he gets to learn from a legend in Champ Bailey. Right. So you got right. two Sun Devils there that get to learn from legends, and then they signed Jarrell Robinson as an uh, undrafted free agent. And I think that they're going to be really happy because, let's be honest, after Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker, we ain't got anything over there. I agree. So, And then you guys got your surprise wide receiver in the draft. <laughs> surprise in the fact that I still have no idea who he is. He's and they keep founder. signing undrafted free agent wide receivers. I know, I know, it's a mess, but I was excited by a second rounder, though, getting Michael James. I was very, yeah, it's... very happy with that, because as much as I love Frank Gore, um, Frank Gore's age keeps going up and not down. Uh, and when he was the last time the he, he played every game? Well, an ACL, so he's not getting any healthier. Yep, yep, so our teams, good drafts, we got some good players, Cardinals got their Michael Floyd, um... And they can have him. So we're all good. But I'll tell you what, Gabe, awesome having you on the show again. Where will you be tonight? I will be at Wild Night. We'll, uh, we'll be bartending while, while Dirty Loud comes in and, and kind of kind of tr- destroys the place as, uh, as they've done across the country. So and that's, that's, what we, that's what we do at, at Wild Night. Uh, and I'm and, I, and and Cosmic Gate tomorrow night. And I'm Jay. We've got a show uh, out of bounds, out of bounds. dot com. Check out our latest episode with me and Chelsea. Uh, you can hit me at Jay at out of bounds. dot com. And I am almost pretty sure that you're probably going to hear us next week. Sure. Maybe Mac will call in. So and then Chelsea's going to be leaving for a few weeks. So maybe you can fill in on some out of bounds shows too. Well. We do. You know what? We might have to start getting our own song for hard hitting for Jay and Gabe. <laughs> well, I mean, we can. I mean, we could probably put a Sun Devil and a Trojan together. I think. It, I think we'd be. Good. I think it's been done before. Mark Carrier coached at both places. See, there you go. I think. I think we're fine. I think we're fine. And that's it for us on Hard Hitting Radio. Voice America, your leader on online radio. You guys all have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Peace. That's another show. Thanks again for joining Mark McMillan and Byron Evans for Hard Hitting Radio. Come back and we'll do it again next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Put them up tight up. We some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans. We give you a reason to do it every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving.